Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Thank you for joining us and welcome once again to another episode of Feasting at the Table. We would continue our study today on the book of Jonah. We are looking at the mercy of God and we said that Jonah is our prototype. It's been a wonderful study and this is the ninth week we have been looking at the life of Jonah. Last week we started looking at the second part of the book because when we look at this book we see that the book is divided into two. The first two chapters we see the first call of God to Jonah and by the time we go to the next two chapters we see the second call of God to Jonah. Last week, we learned many things. We learned that the second time the call of God came to Jonah in the book, in the book in chapter three, it was as a result of the mercy of God. We also spoke extensively talking about the several lessons that we could learn when we compare the two books, the two chapters, the two sides together. We said that the obedience of Jonah at the end of the day brought something to Nineveh. Just Another thing we also learned is that our obedience or disobedience has a way of affecting the people around us. Look at Noah, who refused to go and do what God had sent him to do. But eventually when he did, after all the remarogging, guess what? The Bible says that the people of Nineveh repented, the whole people gathered, and there was a big change. We say that Jonah obeyed, and because Jonah obeyed, the people believed. We said, we don't know what's behind the door of our obedience, if we could just get to obey what God has asked us to do. It could be something different. It could be something we've never done before. It could be a new area of ministry, a career change, whatever God is asking us to do. If we go in obedience, we would find out that there would be indeed a blessing. We looked at the fact that by the time Jonah finished preaching, the people of Nineveh actually called a fast. And after calling the fast, the news reached the king. And then the king was cheated, retreated. In short, he made the thing a bit more solemn. He was like, okay, we're going to fast. We're going to pray. Who knows what God would do? But in short, this time he says, not just man fasting, let the animals fast. And one of the things we were saying last week was, what is our attitude when good things happen, when good things come around? Do we have that kind of attitude that wants you to always generate from us the king could have said why wasn't jonah coming why didn't jonah come to meet me in the palace and tell me about it so that i can think about what to do to the people but no when the king heard from the people what had happened he listened to them who are we listening to the people we're leading he listened to them and he saw it was a good cause and he reinforced it what are we using our influence for is it always about us must it always originate from us can we recognize the good that happened to others? Can we recognize the good that happened to someone else and actually use our influence rightly? The Bible says that the king listened. So, and he established a degree. He, a decree. he used his authority rightly. And I, I just want to say, what do we do? Do we recognize? Are we quick to recognize the people around us? Are we quick to recognize what they do? Are we quick to recognize the repentance and the change of the menu? Or are we holding on to things that people have done years and years ago, even when they have changed from that place? When we look at the book of Jonah, we as we began to look at Jonah chapter three, we began to see that somehow when we see the the, the when we look at the 
effect of what happened when the Jonah came around. There are two things. If you look at Jonah chapter 1 verse 4 to 16, we see Jonah and the pagan sailors. And then we see God was threatening judgment. The sailors were spoiled immediately. They cried out to God for mercy. Even the captain participates. And then the Lord spares their life. It's the same thing we see when we look at Jonah chapter 3 verse 3 to 10. That God, you know, threatened judgment and the Ninevites, they responded immediately. They cried out to God for mercy. Even the king participates in the effort and the Lord spares their life. And we are saying here that the book of Jonah is actually a book showing us the mercy of God. The mercy of God is going to come to people because it is God's nature. The very first thing we learned when we started this study was we, we found for ourselves a definition of mercy. We found for ourselves why God shows mercy. We found for ourselves that it's the character of God to show mercy, that the the first time God decided to introduce himself to someone when he was revealing himself to Moses when Moses was crying God I want to see you when God showed up eventually in Exodus chapter 33 and chapter 34 if you read that account one of the things that God said about himself as he moved and showed his glory to Moses was that he's the Lord God he's compassionate full of mercy and we said that is the character of God but several times like Jonah it seems we want God's mercy for ourselves and our particular type of people the people we rock and we play with there are some people we don't want to receive the mercy of god i would might not say it loudly but our attitude shows we can see here from jonah that his attitude showed that he did not want the mercy of god to the people of nineveh and interestingly today as we go on to chapter four we would see the reason we're talking about from the very beginning why jonah did not want to obey god's command why jonah did not heed the first command when god said to him go to nineveh one of the things we said in the lesson before was we talked about the second call of God and we said that sometimes the second call might not be the same as the first call. The message, it, it might still be the same message but things might change there about the line. I mean initially when Jonah was going, he was supposed to be going with a sheep or something but this time around he got there from the belly of the fish. However I got there. One of the things that we also learned is perhaps the appearance of Jonah after his skin has been engulfed in the fish's gastric juices for over about, about three days. That could have cost you know a type of stare in his appearance and could have caused the people to listen to him another thing we said was the people of Nineveh part of their gods that they worship had the most prominent one had the symbol of a fish so who knows what they did and how they listened to Jonah but the important thing was they listened to Jonah and there was a change of heart there was a change there was a turn of heart our repentance should not just be in our words there should be a change of action and the change of action caused God to change his mind about them god is not fickle we're not saying that when god says they think no when god sees that someone has repented god would change his mind true to his character true to his character Nineveh was such a great city and the bible says that jonah preached and when we looked at the preaching of jonah well maybe that was a summary but it was a hell brimstone fire and i just said in 40 days Nineveh will be overthrown and the whole city the bible says the whole city repented there was a big response it was such a big crusade it was it was just something else i'm sure that any evangelist you know of today recording that success that's going to be like big news can you imagine the whole city is one thing to preach in a town and some people repent but the whole city repented the king did something about it the king used his influence rightly and the whole city repented and we will be thinking that jonah will be pleased at the success of his ministry but when we get to chapter four we see something else again about jonah i was reading another commentary and he said that there are several types of learners some of us learn by virtual some of us learn 
learn by reading. Some of us are experiential learners is until we experience the thing before we learn. And when we look at the life of Jonah, we see that it appears that Jonah is like an experiential learner. He has to learn this thing by experience. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles, please, to Jonah chapter 4 as we continue our study. Today, I'm going to be reading from, I'm just check my version again. I think I will start from the New King James Version. I will move on from there. So we are in Jonah chapter 4. I think, first of all, let me read chapter 3, the last verses, so that for those of us who are just joining, you could appreciate where we are coming from. We said it's a very short chapter, and it's 10 verses. It says here, let, let's even move up further. I said, from, I'll just read from verse 7, and it caused it to be, no, sorry, I'll read from verse 5, just so that we get a, a hang of the story. Jonah chapter 3, verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed the fast. They put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe. He covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, head nor flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell? if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Hallelujah. God turned from his work. He relented upon the disaster that he said he would bring to them and he did not do it. Hallelujah. So let's go to the next verse. Chapter 4, verse 1, where we are today. But it displeased Jonah greatly, exceedingly, and he became angry. And so he prayed at the, to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tashi. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Okay. I think we're going to have a look at this in another translation so that we get what um, Jonah is saying. For those of us who haven't gotten what he's saying, let's see uh, what Jonah is saying at this point in time. But let's look at it in another translation so that we'll understand um, what Jonah is saying. So, so Jonah became exceedingly angry. The CSB translation says Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He was very angry. I'm trying to look for another translation that talks about, and every almost every translation talks about how angry Jonah was. Let's look at the message. He says Jonah was furious. He lost his temper. He yelled at God. He yelled at God. God, I knew it. When I was back home, I knew this was what was going to happen. That's why I ran off to Tashis. I knew you were sheer grace and mercy, not easily angered, rich in love, and ready at the drop of a hat to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness. <laughs> that's quite interesting. Jonah says, God, I knew, I knew this was what you're going to do. You're going to turn your plans, you know, of punishment into a program of forgiveness. Imagine that was Jonah's anger. That was why Jonah was angry. And just before we start condemning Jonah, are we sometimes not like that? Sometimes not wanting some people as it were to receive any form of mercy because in our hearts and in our own estimate, they have done so much evil that they need to be punished. There should be no mercy at all from them. 
And Jonah is telling us here the reason. You know, remember when we were studying this, when we started in chapter one, we said there, there could be several reasons why Jonah refused to go to the land of um, Nineveh. He could have thought, oh, perhaps it was going to be a suicidal mission. People in Nineveh were going to deal with him. He's a stranger coming to proclaim punishment. Oh, it was too far for him to go. We just thought about, oh, he was afraid about the mission. But we see here in chapter 4, verse 2, that the main reason that Jonah did not want to go was because Jonah did not want the people of Nineveh to experience the mercy of God. He's acting like the Israelites. He's acting like, a, as it were, a patriotic citizen. He doesn't want to do anything. He's more concerned about the interests of Israel than about what God was talking about. He's more concerned, you know, he when our loyalty is more to a people than to God, then there's something wrong with that loyalty because that's what we see here happening in the life of Jonah. He's more concerned about Israel than even the people that God is concerned about. And the next thing, the Bible says that he was very angry. And then that brings us to the emotion of anger because sometimes we feel that anger, oh, you should not be angry at all. But the anger is actually an emotion we should be felt anger is an emotion which should be felt if there was anything i learned from seven huge the late seven huge who rose every day with jesus was the fact that emotions should be acknowledged was the fact that our emotions are neither good or bad is the way we use them and we see jonah here using the emotion of anger because sometimes we could have righteous anger we should be angry when we see people being oppressed we should be angry when we see a little child being raped child abuse those things should anger us we shouldn't have a passive you know attitude towards them and we see even in the life of jesus we see when he got into the temple and he saw that they were doing something wrong he was upset about it he picked up uh he, he he picked up the cane and he drove those people away it took an amount of anger but his anger was controlled his anger was righteous his anger was justified is our anger justified because that's what we see god when god begins to speak to jonah he asks him are you right to be angry so when we come to that emotion of anger there's a need for us to ask ourselves if we are angry justly because sometimes our anger is because our egos have been touched we are not angry for a righteous cause we are angry because our egos have been touched we are angry because we feel undermined we are angry because we have not gotten our way. And that's what we see happening in the life of Jonah. Jonah has not gotten his way. You know, what he wanted has not happened. And because of that, he's very angry. Because of that, he's angry at God. He is not concerned why he should be rejoicing that, lo and behold, because of his message, people have repented. Jonah is very far from that. Rather, Jonah is angry that the people have repented. And I love the way the message puts it. It says that Jonah said, I need, I knew that you would change your plans of punishment to a program of forgiveness because you are a compassionate God. I wonder if someone has ever acted, you know, has ever reacted to you in such a way, you know, knowing fully well that this is who you are, knowing fully well that you are acting according to character. So sometimes some people are angry with us because we have just acted our character. We've just behaved as we should be as children of God putting on bars of compassion and mercy we've just behaved as people who are imitators of their father sometimes some people are angry at us because of that we've not done anything wrong we have just remained true to character we see that happening here in the book of jonah god has remained true to his character and jonah is mad at god jonah is extremely upset because of what god had done let's look at it again in the message jonah was furious he lost his temper so we say he yelled at God, do we yell 
at the people around us are we angry is our anger justified we're not saying we should not feel anger but whenever we get angry we need to find out is our anger justified is it an inward anger is it an outward anger are we angry because we are not getting our way are we angry because things have not come out the way we thought they should come out or are we angry because of the plans and the purpose of god Jonah said i knew that you were you you were this was going to happen back home you are not easily angered you are full of grace and mercy and at the drop of heart you want to turn your plans of punishment into a program of forgiveness this was what Jonah was upset about I want us to look at something else again there's something else I want us to look at in these verses that I came across as I was studying and it's about the fact that Jonah, almost every time we see Jonah doing different things, we see Jonah here, he looked at the city of Nineveh and he was more concerned with what he had predicted coming to pass. That was it. Jonah was more concerned with what he had predicted to come to pass. He was more concerned that since he had called hell and doomstone, literally, this is what should happen. God accepted the people's, the people's, um, what's it called? The people's forgiveness, but Jonah himself was not happy about it. Jonah himself really decided that God should not have done that because he was more interested in, like I said, in his prophecies coming to pass than the people changing. And then I begin to ask myself, what then is the purpose of the things I do? Uh, do I do things really because I want to do them? Do I do things expecting a change? Or do I just do things because oh, this is just the normal thing that we do? We go out and we preach and the people repent fine. The people don't repent then, well, that's up to them no 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 we see that jonah himself did the thing that god has said to do and, and, and i think that's another thing we see jonah himself he has done what god has asked him to do and he's concerned about the results and child of god sometimes the frustration and the anger that we have is because we have made up our mind that things should go in a certain way. We've made up our mind that this is what should happen. And that's not how God operates with us. We should learn to do what God has asked us to do and leave him to deal with the consequences. Leave him to deal with the answers. The Bible tells us here, as we look at Jonah, I know one of the things we were saying last week, we were talking about Jonah in chapter 1 and chapter 2. He's like the prodigal son. And then when we go to chapter 3 and chapter 4, we see Jonah actually being the chapter 4 we see Jonah being the prodigal son's elder brother he's preaching but he's pouting we see him there critical he's selfish he's actually sullen Bible says he's angry and he's unhappy about what was going on you know it's not enough, enough for us to do God's will it's we should be doing God's will and we should be doing it from our heart I was reading um, something that one Westby wrote and he said that when it came to Jonah the problem was uh, was about his heart the heart of every problem is the problem of the heart and that is where we see Jonah's problem in his heart his heart was not right is our heart right even when we're doing something good, is our heart right? Because child of God, just the way we look at the life of Jonah, we see that it is very, very possible to be doing something right and our heart is not right. It is very, very possible, you know, as it were. And that's why God says in his word that, listen, I'm not just looking at the outside. I am looking inward the heart. When the prophet Samuel went to anoint one of the sons of Jesse to become the next king of Israel, the Bible says that when he got there, you know, he looked at all the sons. When time he saw Eliab, Eliab, 
That's the first son he thought this is his son is handsome. He looks well. This looks like someone who should be the king. And God says, no, 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 no. I have disqualified him. I did not look like men look. I did not look on the outward. I look on the inside, you know. And then God said, listen, I have found somebody. David, go there. Is there no other son? And we see David. David himself was anointed as king. And I was reading recently my bible within just reading about david you know i'm reading when um david god was saying about him that listen i took you from leading the sheep you know to come and lead my people israel and begins to strike me that god is concerned about the little things that we do god is concerned about our faithfulness in the little things that we are doing and i tell you child of god speaking about this i'm talking to myself also this is not this is preaching no 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 this is also myself david where he was he was doing those things faithfully and he was doing it with a right hand because right there in the right there where he was taking care of the sheep i mean what was his problem a bear came and he ran after the bear to take away his sheep that one sheep i mean if he had gone home and told his parents that a bear came and took a sheep but i'm here they would have said ah let's go give a testimony service for what has happened before after what has happened or when a lion came he ran and he took that god saw in his heart that if this person was compassionate if this person was passionate about the little sheep that had been given to him then this person is going to be a shepherd of my people this person is going to take care of my people and child of God we may be doing that right but is our heart right is what we are doing is our heart in synchrony in the thing of the things that we are doing because we see that Jonah he did go out he did preach but his heart was not right you know when we started this study we said that sometimes some things could happen that the fact that circumstances somehow tally with what we are doing does not necessarily mean that it's God's will because guess what Jonah went and by the time he got to uh, by the time he got to the seashore he actually found the sheep going to Tarshish he was going in the wrong direction of where God wanted him to go but he found the sheep and Bible says he got in there he paid his fare and and and, and sometimes we could mistake COVID uh, we could mistake the fact that something has happened to, to be a sign of this is God's will. No, 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 child of God. The fact that the thing has happened does not necessarily mean it is God's will. We need to go back to God's word and go back to what God is saying. And the fact that someone is doing something right it has not does not mean that the person's heart is right. And another thing also, when we come to here, when we're talking about that, there's also a need for us not to begin, because sometimes this thing could go different ways. We could see that someone is doing something good and we could even begin to judge the heart. We've not been called to judge people's heart because we don't have that ability. We can't see their heart. It is only God that can see their heart. And so we should just end and stop our judgment with what we can see. God is the one who sees the heart. And God saw the heart of Jonah. I tell you, perhaps if you were the city of Nineveh, perhaps you'd have been among people to say, wow, what a great evangelist. He came down with compassion. He preached the word. People repented. A citywide crusade and all of that. And I'm sure by the time people were, people would have approved Jonah. People would have clapped and said, oh, this man is really doing God's work. Guess what? God knew Jonah. God knew exactly what was in his heart. And as we look at chapter 4, we see God beginning to deal with Jonah. We see Jonah angry. And I've said already that is our anger justified? Those things we're angry about. Are we angry for a righteous cause? Anger is an emotion. It depends on how we use it and how are we using our anger. Are we using it for a righteous cause? The Bible says here that Jonah was upset because of God's um 
because of God's mercy. And this is the second time in the book we're seeing that Jonah is praying. But this time his prayer is actually much more different from the last prayer he prayed when he was in the belly of the fish. It's different in context. It's different in intent. I mean, he, I think he prayed his best prayer when he was in the belly of the fish. And then when we look at this prayer, he's just praying another prayer that, you know, when he was in the belly of the fish, he was praying and his prayers from a broken heart. And sometimes it's not the length of the prayer. It's not the amount of words of the prayer. Is this prayer from the heart? Is it from a heart that is broken? Or is this prayer from a place of pride? By the time he's praying the second time, it's not from a broken heart. This next prayer that we see here in chapter four, we see that Jonah is praying with an angry heart. He's praying with an angry heart. He even wants God to kill him because he wants to have his way. How much more, how, how important is it for us to have our way than for God to have his way? So let's see. And then we see this prayer, like what I said, uh, showing us why Jonah didn't want to go before because he knew that God is gracious and compassionate. And we said that some people could actually be angry with us, not because of anything, but just because of the fact that we are working according to character. Jonah was more concerned about his reputation and child of God. Sometimes is our reputation more important to us than what God is saying or what God is saying. He was more concerned about the fact that, listen, I'm a prophet. You know where I've been before I've prophesied. Remember, he was on that prophesied that um, the people of Israel, the once again, remember that prophecy when we see the um, when we talk about Jonah at the very beginning, I think in First Kings, you know, when the Bible talked about the prophecy, he prophesied coming to pass. It was, he had a successful prophetic ministry. And right now, God is trying to change <laughs> to change his reputation. He was more concerned with the fact that he had announced impending judgment and that needed to happen. He was more concerned about his reputation and concerned about the people, uh, about the Jews back home, you know, I mean, a normal Jew and an average Jew would have wanted all of the Assyrians destroyed because they were their enemies. And it gives us, it goes, I like to go back here again, because sometimes in the body of Christ, it seems that we're more concerned about destroying enemies. And when we're saying destroying enemies, we actually have people in mind. But all true scriptures over and over again, child of God, it is not consistent with the character of God. It's not consistent with the character of God. Rather, the Bible says, leave vengeance for me, I will repay. But the Bible says that do not allow evil, you know, don't allow your, your good to be overcome by evil. If your enemy comes, do good to them. Why? Because you know that ultimately everything that you received have come from God. Hallelujah. Ultimately, everything that has come true to you has been, has been, it may not have come, it may not have been caused by God. God, nothing, nothing that we ever go through is going to be, the Bible says that he will not allow to come to us more than we can bear. You know, one of the very lovely passages i love to read again and again is the book of is is in the book of genesis when jo when joseph tells his brothers listen you see him have so me but god sent me ahead that was how joseph looked at his life that was how joseph looked at his life guess what if what if joseph had been praying every day for fire praying for his brothers to die he would never have had that opportunity where his dreams would have actually come true where they came and they all bowed down before him and he oh god i love that chapter he remembered his dreams the book of genesis he saw those things that his brothers were so adamant about they were so angry about would not happen jonah saw those things happen uh, sorry 
Joseph saw those things happen in his very eyes because he wasn't praying death for his brothers. He understood the sovereignty of God. He understood the fact that if God had given him a dream, God was able to bring the dream to come to pass, that irrespective of what anybody thought, God was able to do what he had said he would do. And we see here, child of God, God does not need anyone's permission to show mercy to you. God does not need anyone's permission to bless you. God did not need Jonah's permission to show mercy to the people of Nineveh. He showed mercy to the people of Nineveh because he wanted to show mercy to the people of Nineveh. We see here Jonah reacting badly to the mercy of God, wanting them to be destroyed as it were, rather for us to, rather than them, rather than God to show them mercy. Child of God, when our reputation is more important than character and pleasing ourselves and our friends is more important than pleasing God, then we are no longer, you know, we are no longer working in God's way. In short, we're actually in the danger of becoming like Jonah, you know, living to defend our prejudices. Because sometimes the, the reason we have some beef with some people is just the prejudices that we have. You know, we're just angry about some things that have happened and we want to see as it were justice in court. But we should remember the fact that God is the sovereign God and he's able and willing to show mercy to people. Just looking at the very first prayer of the very second prayer of Jonah tells us a lot about the heart of Jonah. Tells us a lot about the things he's angry about. A child of God, do you know that the things that you are angry about talks about our character? The things that we are happy about also talks about our character. Because as we go along this chapter, we see the emotions of Jonah. We see that they could be fickle. One minute is angry, one minute is happy. You know why? Because of the way things are. We shouldn't be like that. We should be stable, rooted in the world. Let the things that as it were that bring happiness to us, let it be the things that bring happiness to the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, He is more there is a party that is shown when one sinner repents. And that is what that's that's the kind of joy that Jonah should have had. It wasn't just one sinner, it was 120,000 people turning around to ask God for mercy. And when we are asking God for mercy, we are not asking God for mercy with any assurance that God will answer. If you remember in chapter 3, the king said, maybe God would listen to us. Maybe God could help us. Child of God, what is our attitude? What is our attitude towards God's mercy to people we don't like, people we don't see eye to eye with? And child of God, you know that sometimes it could even be something as, something as, something as the people are actually doing something that the Bible may call Sodom and Gomorrah kind of behavior i think yes that's the right illustration are we angry at the people are we what was our attitude because sometimes we could be angry and it's not just angry about the thing by the time our anger shifts as it were to bitterness about a person then we've moved away from the will of god it's right for jenna to be angry about the sin the wickedness of nineveh but it's not right for him to be so angry in such a way that even when the people repent he wants them to receive judgment instead of receiving the mercy of god as children of god god is calling us to do his will and when we do his will we should allow him to do what he chooses to do in the lives of the people that he's dealing with because he's sovereign and he's God. We have run out of time today. I am so amazed the way time has gone and we are just still in chapter verse 1 of chapter 4 looking at the second prayer of Jonah and looking at our emotions, looking about anger, looking at the benefits sometimes of anger and why we should be angry, when we should be angry. Is our anger justified? Looking at the fact that we should be more concerned about character rather than reputation and we should have a heart 
heart of mercy like our Father. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the things that we have learned today. We thank you because your word to us has come again. Lord, we pray that in any way that we are, as it were, falling short of the things that you desire, as it were, we more concerned with our reputation rather than what you want to do. We ask for forgiveness. We ask, so oh God, that as your word continues to come, that you cleanse our hearts and make us become more like you and more like your son and be representatives of you in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.